welcome to The Geode, your guide to modern wellness and woo. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. I'm a mom, a veteran, and a modern mystic, and I'm on a mission to create an inclusive wellness community. A few years ago, I found myself drawn to the world of spirituality, and I loved it. But I also felt really self-conscious about what I didn't know yet. I didn't feel comfortable asking questions or showing up to certain events. And I definitely never heard or saw anyone with a voice like mine. Someone who's grounded, relatable, approachable, really funny, and also really witchy. And that's why I created this podcast. On the podcast, we're going to cover everything from astrology to crystal healing, energy work, human design, and even tantric Ayurveda, all from the perspective of relevant practitioners and thought leaders. I wanted to create a safe place for you to learn more about these contemplative and mystical practices and offer a variety of information so you get to decide what resonates with you on your own terms. I hope that you love it because I love you. Hi friends and welcome to episode three of The Geode. Today we have an incredibly special guest, Suzanne Merrick. Susanna is a highly sought-after intuitive energy reader, stylist, and spiritual coach. She's the founder of AuraWare, a method and brand that focuses on self-expression through color, fashion, and wellness. Her work is so amazing, it's been featured in Goop, Elle Magazine, Well and & Good, and Vanity Fair. Susanna's mission is to empower those to take the reins of their self-expression through their personal style and spiritual practices. I had a session with Susanna and it was incredibly transformative. I absolutely adore this woman. She's incredibly talented, smart, down to earth, funny, charming, charismatic, reminds me a little bit of me. She's really incredible and this episode is pretty fascinating. I hope you enjoy it and I hope you fall in love with her just like I did. Enjoy. Can you please introduce yourself and your company and um, maybe talk a little bit about your background and how the company evolved? I know that's a big question. Oh, it's okay. I love, I love talking about it. So um, I'm Suzanne Merrick. I have a company called AuraWare. It's all about bringing out your internal energy and ultimately styling, styling it on the external. And the reason I kind of came about this was because we have this physical mission of energy that we put out, our aura. And we have our spirits, our souls, if, if you have, if you will. Um, this is, you know, either our consciousness, our, you know, whatever you believe, your connection to source. But I do believe they're intertwined. And I do believe that we don't show them all the time. And especially in this time, day and age that we're going through where we are evolving and we are learning to kind of wear our hearts in our sleeves and be more vulnerable and connect with other people. We're starting to really bring out our inner beauty and so my thoughts were just like, well, how do we address that? Like, what happens when you have certain feelings around your emotions and energy? Like, how do you address that? So that's what kind of started AuraWare. And it came down to really just a holistic approach to fashion and how you can kind of connect to your clothes that isn't in a way that's frivolous or just trendy um, or just to show off your assets. Like, what is, what is it to dress and to be seen and experienced? So that's kind of how it started. And then from there, I started working with clients one-on-one, doing energy readings. I've been uh, experiencing aura since I was very young. 
And only did I really start to connect the dots as I got older that this is okay. This is something I can do to help people. And it's not just some weird witchy woo-woo thing. And so when I came out of the closet, if you will, my mission was to let people know, but uh, this is as normal as it, like, I know it sounds crazy and weird, but this is normal. A lot of people experience these things. Um, but it's just really how you use the gifts. So experiencing the color and the emotion and the feeling with it, you know, yeah, I could sit there and kind of start to decipher. And I did pretty innately start to understand what people's colors meant for them just by emotions or connection. Um, but the more I studied and the more I learned about auras and energy, the more I realized there's this massive correlation between uh, color psychology and the universal understanding that we have of color. So once this started, my wheels started turning around both of this, I started to discover more of like what color can do for us medicinally. And then how can we really use that as a tool? And one of the things that um, I encountered when I was working, when I was like trying to find more stuff on color medicinally and how to use it was like, everything was really vague. It would just be like, wear this color, it will energetically heal you because it's, it represents joy or it represents this or it's, and I was like, okay, well, that's great. If you go look around, like there's all the different, you know, there's a lot of confusing messages when it comes to color psychology and a lot of them cross over, right? And so I was like, that's really weird. So what does this really mean? And then I started to realize that it's called, it's our own color intuition. So it's called our ability to be able to see and experience a color and feel from that color as well. And we all have the ability to do this. We are, we're already innately doing it. Like we're being, um, inter, you know, influenced by marketing. We're influenced by different colors. Some colors are there to like um, kind of satiate or like stimulate our appetite. Like if you look at McDonald's, like yellow and red are like the most stimulating colors for appetite. And so it's like, no wonder they're together there, right? So I really started to realize there's something more to this. And the more I started to work with it, it was, it was honestly, a lot of it was just me wanting to kind of just know, connect the dots. And I was still giving readings and doing events and, you know, pulling Oracle cards and still kind of finding my way with it as well. But a lot of it just was like a download. Do you know who um, Elizabeth Gilbert is? Yeah, Big Magic. Oh, uh, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Huge, like, yeah. Huge, huge expander. Oh my gosh, she's awesome. But I, yeah, I just kind of was like, I read that book like, like two or three years before any of this happened. And I remember the one biggest takeaway I took from the book was like, okay, yeah, you just do the work. Like you do the work and then you go back and then you, you know, you fluff it, you buff it, you make it better. And that was the takeaway. And until only about a year ago, I was like, oh my God, this is what it is. It's like you receive these ideas and you have to act in the moment when you receive them because they are, they're just that, they're downloads there. And you either say thank you and you receive it and you like do your diligence and you like take on that, that project, that idea, or you say, no, thank you. I release you. And then you're like your best girlfriend ends up doing the same thing. Like, it's so it is really fascinating because especially when I started this work, so many people came forth and like, I had a very similar idea. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> like, I love that you've had the same idea because that just only affirms so this is really how it works. Like things are floating around us. So yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then from there, it was just about alignment and following the path and really tuning in. Like the more I tuned into my intuition, the more I honored my gut, the more things were just like magical and happening. And even to the point where I just would like laugh where I was like, how is this happening? I, all right. Thank you universe. Like, let's go. <laughs>
<sighs> that's um I love that because I think there's um something about modern culture where you feel like you have to make something and put it into this box. And I think part of the magic in what you're doing is you're taking it, letting it, you know, create its own sort of life and then guiding that. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's, it's really cool to witness. And it's interesting what comes up when you sort of allow it all to come through and don't control it. Yeah. Because I think that that's you. Oh, and that is the hardest lesson, I think, especially before I did any of this. I was, and I'm, I'm sure many people out there can relate to this, but I was working like a hundred jobs and I was good at everything, but hated everything. Like, I just didn't know what I wanted to do or why I wanted to do it. And I had no direction. And so for the first time with the aligning with this, it was just like, I think I just had this fire lit under my ass because I was like, oh my God, I finally, I have direction. I have vision. It's so clear. And honestly, it really came down to taking the time to like 75% like focus on myself, what I needed, where I needed to go, why I needed to go there. And then 25% exactly what the work is supposed to do. And by doing that, I empowered myself enough to be able to move out of the, you know, nanny job and the waitressing jobs <laughs> to finally like be confident enough on my own to do this. And that was so backwards from what I was taught. I was taught that you give you give 95% to everybody else. Like that's the way, that's the straight way to heaven kind of thing. And you get 5% for yourself. And that's just not true because you have to fill your cup first. You have to make capacity. So then you can open your doors and have space. Yeah, that's, um, and I have a question about that later because as a mom, I feel like that's really important. But I'm really curious oh. because I feel like, um, you know, there's like mainstream what we'll call medicine maybe and then like <clears throat> everything else kind of like splinters under this umbrella and I'm curious about like what your favorite name for like esoteric new age occult what do, how do you refer to the umbrella with which you operate yeah you know I it's very modern and those all of these things like all of these different words occult and you know new age and esoteric and holistic um they're all words to kind of describe ways that you can get to the other side, if you will. And I think they can be a bit polarizing. And while I think polarization is, can be a really good thing because then you can feel like you found your people or you found your group. You know, I know women who love their occult groups. They love their witch circles and like all of that stuff. And like, that is just not, it's not me. And well, I can admire it from afar and think that's great. I know my ideal client and the girl I work with, she's not quite there, but she is very open and in tune and she hears the universe and she feels it. She's just not floating out in outer space. Like she's very grounded. She's very real. She's funny. She's, you know, uh, takes everything with a grain of salt and, you know, doesn't take life too seriously in this way. And from there, there is, it's just kind of this new kind of, okay, well, if this is how I approach life, it's not, the, it's not the norm, it's modern, it's new, it's a new way of approaching spirituality. And holistic, I love the word holistic, because it's just a, a really great word for um, how to like to uncover, I, I wish I knew the exact definition of holistic, but whenever I hear the word holistic, or I'm always like, yeah, okay, what are you doing? I wanna know, because it just is a new, fresh approach 
to things that we've done in such an old way, but it always means a more personal connection. Um, and so when it comes to this work, it's always, always first and foremost, like the personal connection with the person. And then from there, helping them find their connection to source, their connection to energy, um, and helping them develop that relationship on their own because it's personal. It's not one that, you know, we all can kind of unify or join into. Everybody's journey and path is always going to be a little bit different. I love that. And one of the things I really admire is that you are very, uh, you know, in the space of intuition, but you also really uh, heavily value academic. Like a lot of what you like, I think that um, is a really interesting perspective that you bring that not only are you so intuitive but you bring like a really heavy like you research everything you reference things and it's like you were talking about just now when you were speaking i was like that's really coming from like a very academic thought um inspiration so yeah. i think that's like a really cool balance that you bring um you did touch on this when we first spoke but maybe to just approach it once again yeah. how do you define aura in the scope in which you work and how that impacts a person's well-being and um you also because i follow you on instagram i know that you talk about the collective energy how do you feel into the collective energy yeah absolutely these are great questions so uh so aura aura is a little bit because i i do kind of separate it a little bit here and i always say i'll be a forever student of understanding this relationship in dance. Um, so earlier we talked about, you know, there's the physical admission that comes out of us, this radiation. Uh, my joke is that it, it's not enough to kill you, like we're good. Uh, <laughs> but we all feel this energy. And um, this is what we capture when we get those photos taken, that electric admission. And it's, um, it actually measures the frequency that's in your body, which is super cool. Um, we know there's a few connections to this energy and then our spirit, our soul, our consciousness, if you will. And which I kind of identify as two different things that work together as one, just like our spirit is in with its physical body. Um, and there are a few like kind of cool examples of how they kind of dance and intertwine together, which is our hormones. You know, as women, our hormones at certain times of the month or around full moons, like we are, we're a little bit more intuitive where our senses are heightened. Like, you know, you know, when you're like coming in your period, you're like, well, I smell everything. Like, <laughs> But what's so fascinating is that when it comes to spiritual gifts, um, the clairs, if you will, you know, clairvoyancy, clairtangents, clairsendience, clairaudience, claircognancy, um, these gifts are all senses. And there's five. So you think about, you know, all of your senses. But so I always say perception is just awareness. Perception is being able, and that's intuition, earthly intuition, if you will. And then that is always about clarity, helping someone get clarity or having clarity yourself. And then clarity sounds like clairs. And clairs are just heightened sensory, heightened or extrasensory, right? The ability to have heightened senses. So whether we are just evolving as humans um, to have these kind of like super senses or not, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, they become such a helpful tool for people. And so for me, the aura really is about the more you can understand yourself, the more you can understand what the energy you're putting out, you know, the more you can understand how they all connect. Um, they even say like our cells hold memories. Like this is so bizarre. Have you ever like smelled something and you're like, 
all of a sudden taken back to this moment where you're just like on the beach and you're like, oh, and your skin just like lights up. Well, like it's because they believe ourselves hold memories. So there is this like beautiful connection. So for me, it's really about the more you can understand yourself, the more you can understand how people are experiencing you, the more say you can have in it. And then the more you can feel aligned with who you want to be and where you're going in life. That's really beautiful. And it's helped me. And also, I think um, it helps also to have the visual, you know, to understand, yeah. like, I think we are very visual beings. And so I think it helps to, to know the color and then to be able to resonate with the color. Yeah. Oh, we all have a relationship with it. That's what's yeah. so fascinating. You know, I'm just like, I, I just want to give you the reins to like master it, you know, because when we talk about using color medicinally, and Oroware, one of the things that I cut, yeah, again, I struggled with because it's like, you can't just throw on a color and then all of a sudden be like, I'm healed, praise the Lord. Like, <laughs> and like, I think people get so, they'll like ask me these things all the time. They're like, okay, but like, what shade should I be wearing? And I'm like, you know, just make a relationship with that color in general. Like, it could be five, 10 different shades, but make a relationship because the more you're intentional with your relationship with it, like, what does that color mean to you? You know, if it's, if it's orange that you're wearing, you know, is it, you know, it's about being driven and social and fearless and like, it represents adrenaline and it represents being impulsive and living your life kind of in on the edge. I jokingly call it the ride or die. You know, it's just like that kind of strong, high vibrational color. So the more you can kind of like connect that to your life and be like, okay, where do I need to like be more impulsive? Where do I need to take more risk? you know? And so when you are wearing it and like, mind you, I don't want you wearing it head to toe. Like it could literally be like a stone you put on your desk or like a ring, you know, or even just painting your nails. But the, when you wear it, every time you look at it after doing, and I have exercises, you journal around it, you meditate around it. There's a whole fun system. If you go on our website, you can go to the blog, you can find all the information, but you journal on it, you meditate on it, you make intentions with it. You put it around your space, you incorporate it into your wardrobe. So every time you're seeing it, you're consciously or even subconsciously like instilling those neurons, rewiring those neurons in your body. So then you have this relationship with this color. So then you start to infuse that information into the rest of your day, the rest of your life. Yeah, I love that. And I read your, um, the PDF that you give when you first sign up to your newsletter. And um, I think also like even the comprehension of intentionality with what you're wearing of like, okay, if I'm going to a meeting, um, how do I want to be presented in the meeting? Okay, wear green because that will make me feel more responsible, more grounded and green as money. And I was thinking, you know, it's a really great way also to just get into a mindset of, okay, how do I want to show up now? What do I want to work with? What's the intention I want to bring? And then em embody that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's really about empowering yourself, you know, because if you're being intentional, with what you're wearing and why you're wearing it, not just this way that's like, it makes me look a certain way. And, you know, it's, that's like, it's funny, we, you and I talked about this, Hot Girl Hangover is kind of like our big, um, you know, kind of, it's like, it was started as kind of a joke. And then, you know, cause it was just like my way of, you know, everybody was talking about Hot Girl Summer, like last summer. And I was like, what's, what's Hot Girl Summer? Like, I don't understand. 
And then at some point I was with a client. I'm like, oh girl, you got a hot girl hangover. Like we got a hot girl hangover. Cause she was just like, oh, when I was younger, I looked like this. I did this. I dressed like this. And I was like, but why did you dress like that? Well, because I was hot and I wanted to like show off my body. But I like, didn't really love the clothes I was wearing. I, like they weren't my personality. And I was like, well, what's your personality now? And I'm like, oh, I'm like this and this. And I'm like, can you afford the things that you can afford now that you could then? No, not really. But I really just hide behind my clothes now. And I was like, eh, that's it right there. Like we have to get over that mindset because that mindset right there is what is limiting our ability to be able to connect with the intentions of our clothing when we are told by society to, you know, oh, once you're at a certain age, you can't dress a certain way. And once you're at a certain age, it's really important that you start to hide these things. And something that, you know, I've really kind of been turned on to by some of my friends of color this last few months is that there really is this almost white privilege element to the idea and the construct of what beauty is in this country. Yeah. Totally. And also like, um, you know, a long, long time ago, thick was in and then mm-hmm. Kate Moss came and then very thin was in. And so it's like, we're always yeah. adapting to what we're being told is what is attractive. And um, yeah. that's something that I'm working on because I have a daughter and you can't tell yeah. a woman she's beautiful. You know, I could tell my daughter she's beautiful every second of every day, but women, we don't, it doesn't resonate. You know, yeah. we have to know that we're beautiful. And so I'm trying to embody yeah. confidence. So she's like, oh, my mom I thought she was beautiful and had confidence. Like, obviously I have that also, but yeah. it's difficult when we're not Cindy Crawford you know, and we're constantly inundated with all these images. And yeah, it's totally a, a marketing media. Yeah. That we're inundated with. So that I'm, I'm, I'm working person. That's one of the things I'm personally working through is like, just because I look like Lady Gaga. (laughs) Girl, you're cute. Uh, (laughs) Like, though, you're actually right though. And it is, it's, it, I'm personally healing quite a few in ancestral wounds of generations of women who have had problems with their bodies. I mean, I even, just to be very personal here, and I know other people can probably relate to this, but I have a 97-year-old grandma who I absolutely adore, and she is just so with it, so amazing. She was always long, lean, and thin, and known for her beauty, and known for her skinniness, and Um, always, I've known since I was a little girl that she is very aware of her body and always was criticizing. And then I saw it with my mom too. And especially with my mom, because my mom had multiple sclerosis. And so there was just this like no control thing. And a lot of it was so projected on me as a child and being the only girl and being this kind of a symbol of beauty. You know, I, I wanted to cut my hair when I was a kid and she was like, you can't cut your hair. That's you, that's your only beauty. And like all of these things, it's so messed up to say to a child and we are healing these wounds. And you know, it is, it's, I really believe that it was a construct and tool put in place to control us at some point, you know, and to control women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, I could go down a whole thing about like, I mean, yes, like that promiscuity in a woman is evil. Like, yeah, we can go Mm -hmm. down the whole. Yeah. But I'm trying to reclaim that power with red this month, you know, Um, I mean that. Oh yeah. She, I was like, why am I so empowered by this music video? And I was like, you know, because it's like, we're so repressed in every way. And she was just out there. And I was like, I really, I love like, yes, like 
be a woman, be out there, be, be saying all these things. And um, oh, yeah. God bless it's, her. She's so, you know what it is? And speaking of polarization, we talk about polarization can work in a lot of ways, some bad, some good. And in this particular case with Bop, it's polarization is what is like made this song. Because yeah, we polarize and we come into just a really clear, it's either people love it or they hate it or they're like, they're, it does something to them. But she's touching on something. You're absolutely right. That is just like, oh, yeah, we want to see, you know, you see all these TikTok videos and these do girls like doing this in front of their moms and the moms do it in front of their, and it's like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, mom, no, ah, you know, just, but it's so, it is, it's just so empowering. And it, it's less about even just the message of the song itself and just the ability to be like, like, this is in your face and this is our superpower too. And like, men are not the only ones. And yeah, and I just feel like we're moving into a new time and a new age where we get to really decide what people think about us, how they want to view us, and what we want from that, what the respect that we want in return, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's exciting to see, and it's, it's bringing me hope for my daughter. Um, <laughs> we talked about Hot Girl Hangover. Can you explain to someone who has not read your L? It was an L, right? Or Glamour? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Can you, oh, magazine. Oh, he's so fancy, girl. <laughs> girl. I was real fancy. What a talk about a crazy moment. Um, yeah, so I it's so funny. I'm I worked at I worked out of the wing for a long, long time. Um, it's a all women's co-working space, just like a great sense of community for entrepreneurial females to be empowered by each other. And any rate, I one of the things that was a little difficult there though was privacy and like there was these phone booths there and I was standing in line and I literally had two minutes before I had to be on a call with a client and this woman starts talking to me in line and I felt so bad because the door opened and I was like I gotta go and she was like oh like what do you do like and I was like I promise I will tell you find me later I literally gotta run right now but find me later and that is so not the attitude of the wing like everybody's like ready to just download their entire like business plan on you and I just would get a little shy about it sometimes because people either it again it's kind of polarizing like people either love it or they hate it or they'd have like oh you do that you know and at the end of the day I knew what the work was doing and you know I did play up the provocativeness of it because sometimes like my way of stepping into my confidence with it in the beginning was people being like, you're an orator? And I'd be like, yeah. You know, like, I just like, that's how I try to own it. Cause I'd be like, before I'd be like, yeah, it's this thing. I, eh, it's hard to explain. And I just stopped doing that. But anyway, I meet her and I felt bad. I kind of dismissed this woman. Later I found out, I mean, obviously Emily Gold is like the like New York Times bestseller writer. Like she caused all this controversy back in the day with girls. And I mean, she's just like this kind of has a big writer for our generation. And at any rate, so she, I did an interview with her. And one of the things that, you know, came up in the interview is a hot girl hangover. And it was like the same thing. She was like, yeah, I was like working at Vogue and I was walking in, in these outfits. And, and she's like, but I felt like this. And I was like, huh. And then she's like, and now I'm a mom and I have kids and like, I put on flannel and I feel like this. And I'm like moving in this direction. I'm like, right, releasing this book. All of these things are happening and I just can't quite like align with the energy. I can't quite like connect to that power source in myself. And I was like, hmm, yeah, girl, you got hot girl hangover. Like, let's figure this out. And so really it, it became this kind of endeavor of like understanding our younger selves, loving our younger selves 
being gentle to our younger selves. Like, what advice would we give that that part of you? And ultimately, you know, Lacey, Lacey Phillips work, they call it, you know, inner child work, or, you know, you go, you go back and you heal those kinds of wounds. And so with Hot Girl Hangover, it's really about going back, seeing her, respecting her, but also like taking her hand and like leading her back to you because she is you and you are her. She had that amb ambition and impulsion. And that's what everybody says. I always say, you know, if you could have three parts of yourself you had at 20, 25, what, what would they be? And they always are like, oh, I want her ambition. Or, oh, I just want her fearlessness again. Or, oh, I just want her like drive for life. And I'm like, what, what, when did that leave? You know, because now we, we're afraid of the clock. We're like, it's running away, it's running away. And at that time it was like, we didn't even think that way, you know? So how do we incorporate that now as adults and use our knowledge and use our experiences to really just own every aspect of ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. I love that. I love that so much. And I'm definitely in a hot girl hangover phase where I'm like wearing the same shirt. And also like my body is different. So it's hard to, you know, I think we were talking about that generational thing and the, yeah. you know, embracing the fact that my body doesn't look the way it looked like when I was 25. Although I have to say, when I was at my thinnest, I probably wasn't as confident as I am now. So it's yeah. also odd that like, even though I'm bigger, I still have more confidence. But yeah, trying to embrace that, like, my body is different and getting out of the mom rut of like this, I have like one pair of pants and like one shirt or two shirts that I alternate. Yeah. Um, so for if a mom is listening, what advice would you give them if they're in a hot girl hangover? Yeah, well, for all the moms that are listening out there, I definitely, the advice I would give you would be uh, to really just take time to shop. Like, not like just shop, but like take time to really sit down and be like, I'm going to start pinning these items or saving these items and start being really intentional in the way that you buy things. And don't think of things in the sense of like, oh, that's white or I have a kid. Do you want to ask me that question again? Yeah, you can. I kind of tried to like spin it so you could do it. Okay, do it again. Um, that super hot guy is my husband. Oh, hey, girl. He's cute. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, sorry. Um, okay. Yes, so I am in a hot girl hangover and I am trying to get out of it. And something that's hard is like we're overwhelmed. We're, we have so much stimulation. My budget is different. Um, yeah. So what advice would you give to the moms listening who may be in a current situation? They're like overstimulated. They're tired of looking like just yeah. not their best self. Um, money may be not the most accessible thing. Um, like what would you have like play on Pinterest? Like what's your, yeah. what's your advice to them? Definitely. Well, first off, my advice is to be really intentional when it comes to curating your wardrobe and you know, we have different concepts of different colors. Like each color represents an aesthetic. Now it doesn't mean that you need to be wearing that specific color, but you need to be embodying that energy. So when you're shopping and when I work with clients on a longer term basis, like I'm always like, okay, let's mix orange energy, red energy and blue or something. And then they know my clients know that each of those things, each of those colors represent kind of an aesthetic that they want to embody. Um, and so when they go to their wardrobe, they go, okay, does this, is this blue? And blue represents being comfortable and like having things feeling really soft in the skin, but having longevity and pieces that you're going to wear now in the next couple decades, as long as you take care of them kind of thing. And I think though, if we can really kind of see our aesthetic and shopping as a form of self-care, you know, and we carve that out that way, 
we're going to feel better in our clothes and feel better about our body. And there's also this shame and guilt that comes with buying things. And really, I'm really trying to expose a lot of the fast fashion scene because there's a lot of shame and guilt that you should be experiencing from buying something from uh, H&M when, it isn't, when it's made by children. Like there are a lot of things we're, we don't as a society understand yet. And what's funny and interesting, and if you really do it right and you budget out, you know, like for me, I've tried to buy one item a month that I just love, that makes me happy. That, and I know that I'm going to get a lot of longevity from it. And I tell you, I spend so much less money now because I do that and I get something really, really nice, you know? And if you think about it, if you're just buying something here or there, you're shopping or you're panicking, you're like, oh, I just need a new pair of jeans or I just need to get this thing because I don't have any clothes. You know, you end up buying something that you don't like, something you don't wear, and you still feel like you don't have any clothes. Whereas you can have, and I have this blue dress, I wear it constantly. I got it at a sample sale, a Rachel Comey sample sale. And I, I mean, it was a splurge for me. It's a sample sale, but I like had it on yesterday when I was in the park and a friend of mine saw me from afar. She's like, I knew that was you because of your dress, but I like, I wear it all the time and I love it. And I always feel good in it, you know? And I have clothes in there that from the years past that I'm like, I could not tell you the relationship I have with clothes five, six years ago, but I can certainly pull out everything and be like, I know where I got this. I know when I got it. You know, it's like something silly. Like, I was like, what am I going to get myself this month? You know, like I was like, I don't really need anything right now. I'm really trying to kind of really focus on what I have. And I ended up getting myself like a piece of jewelry. You know, I love this one. I love it. Who's the, um, who's the, it's um, Marta Pia, Marta Pia. I got it from a store in um, Brooklyn called Motion. It's are so cool. But you know, I wanted this for like five or six years. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh no. it's too expensive or like whatever. And it, it ended up going on sale, which I am, I'm all about looking at the sales. That goes into that personal time. That goes in that time to taking a little extra time at night to go look or pin or save and to watch sales, be on email list, you know, but I knew I had this little set budget for the month and I was like, Oh yeah, I can afford that. I can get it. And I actually am going to save some money this month that can roll over, you know, so that I just be intentional with the way that you shop. Get a good dry cleaner, because listen, if you got a good dry cleaner, they can get out any stain. And I will tell you, as a nanny, I used to always wear white, and I'd go out in the parks, and the moms would be like, oh my God, how are you wearing white? And I'd be like, I got a good dry cleaner. Like, I always get stuff on it, but like, I'd feel clean, and I'd feel good, and I would like carry myself a little bit differently. And, you know, I felt like a badass, because I was wearing white at a playground. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And um, I love that. I really love that advice because I do think there is a bit of um, theme around, oh, I can't buy or I can't spend the money there. And certainly we feel so different when we just feel good. And I think there's like a little shame around, oh, you shouldn't have to look good to feel good. But I think it's a, it's a mix. It's a, it's an art of like both of like putting yourself expression outwardly and working inwardly. And that was a struggle I had because we moved from New York city to Virginia and I was living in the woods and I was doing spiritual stuff. And I was like trying to be this um, person who was okay with, and then eventually I broke down to my husband. I was like, I will never be this girl. I love getting my nails done. I like getting my hair done. I like it. And it had to come from a place of like, it's not that I feel like I need it to be of value and respected. It's like, I, I love to adorn. I like to, it's from a place of like adornment, respect, beauty, cultivation, expression, 
And I think like exactly what you're saying is really resonating with me that when it comes from that place of like, how do I want to show up? Not because I need to do that to be accepted, but I'd love to express that way. Then um, that's really something that is worth cultivating. And I love that. I'm curious, um, because there's like a universal thing from COVID where like everyone kind of has like hot people hangover, you know, like we're all a bit in the dumps and stuck maybe um, in our sweatpants because we're not leaving the house. Is there like, do you have a term for that? Or also maybe like a little, yeah. a little one-liner for them also? Yeah. You know, oh God, there's so much shame that's coming from this. I mean, at least I'm feeling it because like I'll, I haven't seen some people in a long time, but I'm like, oh, you haven't seen my COVID-15. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. <laughs> you know, and and this has just been having me try to dig a little deeper with it. Like, okay, you know, um, this again is just another opportunity to just love myself fiercely and to kind of learn how to have a um, relationship of neutrality with my body. You know, there's a lot of people talk about positivity with body. And while I think that's really great, I also think it can be a little bit harmful too, because we do, we do like to feel a certain way in our skin. You know, and some people can feel great in a bigger body. I remember I read this article once about this woman who lost all this weight and she was so disappointed when she slept at night because she like didn't have her body to hold the way she holds it. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Meanwhile, my opposite problem, like every time I gain weight, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't sleep. I feel so, and it's so interesting how this is kind of our mindset. But really, I think right now as a collective, you know, we're all growing through this, but, but I do have like advice for it, you know, where it's just about, if you're going to lay around in sweatpants, make sure they're like the coziest, softest, like they make you feel good and look good. And if you're going to start to like, I do think it's important that we start putting the pants back on at some point, start getting used to wearing pants again. I had a friend post and they were like, am I ever going to wear, you know, comfy shoes again or like uncomfortable shoes again? And I was like, I know, right? Like, so start, I think it's important to like, put together looks and even just if you take a picture of yourself in the mirror in the morning and you go put the sweatpants back on just to like remind yourself of like hey this is how I, I operate this is how I dress in the rest of the world you know I can dress like this at home too maybe sit on a Skype call or I can put those clothes back on but you know it's just a moment in a season in our lives that we're all having to be put on pause you know, so still kind of leaning into our normal selves every day, I think is important. We can use style to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a new, yeah. Also again, a balance of like, okay, I need these comforts because like everything's crazy and also like, but for how long am I going to just sort of let this be my life and what, and maybe yeah. I have to adjust to a new normal. Um, I want to be respectful yeah. of your time. Can you talk us through the services that you're currently offering and an ideal yeah. client for those services? Absolutely. So um, things are a little, evol they're evolving and changing right now. Um, we recently were um, featured on a really a cool podcast. I mean, yeah, congratulations. Second, second. The Thank you. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, girl. I don't know, girl. This one's pretty fun. Yeah, this is um, this way. But I just want to say for anyone listening, I loved you before you were on that podcast. That needs to be made. It is true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so things are evolving and changing. We are booked, we booked until like November, which is so awesome. But I know it's very cool. It's surreal. But now it's really has me thinking about, okay, 
who is my audience? Who am I serving? How are things evolving? And something I've been really called to do that I'm developing like this week that I can't wait to launch next week is a program that you go through. So it's kind of like a fashion boot camp, if you will, where I'm working with you more one-on-one. -on -one. So it's stringing all of my services together. So before the past, it was always about, you know, you came and you got an aura reading first. You learned about what the, the aura methods, you learned how to kind of incorporate color medicinally to heal. You learned, um, you know, a little bit about your own personal aesthetic and you had an opportunity to be seen and experienced. Um, you know, one of the things I, you said earlier about being, you, you know, telling your daughter she's beautiful or being, you know, we as women, we really do struggle to receive. And in readings, I often encourage people to just like close your eyes if it feels overwhelming, you know, to receive the information that I have to say, um, because it can be so, we just, we're not used to hearing these things about ourselves or being seen in that way, but it can be such a powerful tool to help us understand who we are outside of just like the nice little comments here and there that we get, right? So that works to me so important. So like you be seen, you be put on a platform, you all of your like assets and, and uh, your personality and all the things we just like put on full display. We have an aura reading, we have a color consultation, you get a palette of colors for yourself to work with that season. Um, generally anywhere between one to three or four colors um, that you set intentions with, that you work with within the season. Um, and then, you know, we can move on to styling stuff. But again, I'm really called to kind of work a little bit more long-term with women one-on-one. -on -one. And outside of that, I also am a business coach uh, by default. <laughs> I had a client approach me like two years ago and I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. She's like, well, you built this business. You built a spiritual business and I want to do the same. And so I ended up helping her and then it just kind of opened these doors. And now I have a whole program of over 15 students who are running spiritual businesses and it's so cool and I love it. And it's such a great way for me to help lift others up that want to do the work that I'm doing and other capacities. Um, but so, yeah, but you have to go through the gateway, which is first and foremost an aura reading. And eventually uh, now that we've had to kind of, you know, change our model a little bit, Eventually, I hope to have more courses, you know, um, more accessible classes and things like that so that I can kind of, you know, have a bigger reach and especially for an audience that might not have the kind of time to, you know, book a one-on-one, -on -one, um, but could still be able to purchase a course and learn on their own pace. That's so cool. I'm really excited for that. And maybe I'll be in your goals to be in your um, yeah. accelerator. Well, like. I don't, I don't know when this is coming out, but next November. week, November. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe by then we'll be doing this multiple times, but I'm going to be hosting a hot girl hangover happy hour circle. Um, and we might be eventually doing these around full moons or new moons. Um, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're tweaking it out, okay. but I think it's, it's going to be this really great opportunity for women to get together where you have to come dressed up you have oh, we'll have a little dance party and some music time we'll do a meditation we set some intentions of like what we want for our younger self that week and what we want for you know our higher self um sometimes when we think about our higher self instead of just like ourself now it's easier to like dream and scheme so we're making space for that so it's gonna just be like a fun one hour hang we're we're going to make it accessible this price of a drink. <laughs> so like super easy, but I hopefully by November, it will be uh, something we're doing a little bit more often. Awesome. I'm, I'm there. Um, <laughs> I have so many more questions, but I think um, because 
what I think helps make what you do a little more approachable is to humanize who you are as a person. You know, I think sometimes it gets very wrapped up into, oh, she sees auras and then they just picture you as like, you know, this person dancing naked in the woods, which like also is cool. But <laughs> I think, you know, realizing that you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills makes it like, oh, I can connect to that aspect of this human. Like perhaps what they do isn't that far out there. So the next few questions as we round up our time together will just be about you personally. And I'm curious about the last thing you read, um, who you Mm. seek out for healing and maybe if you have any guilty pleasures or even if you consider it a guilty pleasure, but like a, you know, maybe there isn't a guilty associated, but like a, like a pleasure that you're like, Ooh, this is so simple. Yeah, girl. So wait, the last thing I read and a guilty pleasure is always, okay. Uh, the last thing you read, who you go to for healings um, uh, and your guilty pleasure. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm big on, I practice what I preach and I, I really do try to carve out time to get healings myself. Um, the last book I will, I'm still in the currently reading it, but uh, Vibrate Higher Daily. It's on my desk right now. Um, love, love, love. Um, uh, Layla De- uh, Dela. Anyways, I'm saying her name wrong, but love her. She's so inspiring and just her words are so poetic. Um, Also Heart Talk, love Heart Talk. I'm reading that and I read that all the time. Just like I like to read a little poetry from it every day. Do you know Heart Talk? No, I haven't heard of it, no. So uh, Cleo Wade is the poet and all of her poetry is about um, self-love and, um, you know, self-respect. And so all of the poems are just like her inner monologues and like compassion she has for herself. So they're just like a beautiful thing to read in the morning. Um, guilty pleasures. Oh my goodness. I have, I have a lot of guilty pleasures. Uh, well, for a while there was definitely Schitt's Creek. That's like my favorite show. <laughs> um, but I just love like, I, I love, you know, I love TV time. Girl, I gotta have some good TV time sometimes. And I think we were like, if you're, if you're someone who, you know, is trying to like juice every aspect of your life, there's often this like taboo of like watching TV or, um, but I do think it's like a great way sometimes to just unwind and connect and laugh um, and just like not take the world so seriously. And healers, I love, Ugh, I have so many. I work with a coach, um, Beth Clayton. She is, she was actually on a TED talk a couple years ago about sabotage, like sabotage, self-sabotage. She's so She's one of those who just, she's part of the inspiration for a lot of the reason I, I do approach the work that I do. She was always so real. I worked with her as, with a, as a health coach like a decade ago. And, you know, she'd always just be really honest about her journey too, which just, I honestly, I don't think I could have healed as fast or through my experiences if I hadn't had somebody who shared that way. So it's been such an inspiration to me to be so vulnerable and honest and tell people where I'm at and what I'm experiencing as well. You're not alone. And that, you know, um, I'm on this journey just as much as you are through my work, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to extract the same things and sometimes I struggle with it. Um, and so being that real and vulnerable with others, it really helps us kind of find that, that quality and connection. I love, um, Kate, the healer. You can find her on my Instagram. If you guys follow me, just search Kate. She's awesome. She's a Reiki healer, um, and energy healer and just an amazing space holder, I've been seeing her for a couple of years now. Um, I absolutely love Jess, the intuitive. Um, I love all these girls that have like these, that they're like tags are like, um, Jess, the intuitive. She's such a great space holder. She does a lot of, um, oh, what, what is it called? I'm spacing on it, but she does a lot of um, 
human design work and yeah which is I think can be such a powerful tool as well and oh and I love Alice Bell for astrology readings she's the best you know her Mm -mm, no I don't know her like she's the cutest thing you'll ever meet she is the she worked at Vogue for a long time in fashion and then decided to like leave that life to be an astrologer and now she is she's a resident um, astrologer for uh, British Vogue but she's so if you if you find my approach to like so sciencey and the academic approach interesting like she's so academic when it comes to astrology which I like really really appreciate because I just felt like I couldn't get it before I've ever met with her so she's a great great and she does her readings in batches so you kind of have to watch out like she'll release them at the end of the week um and then once they're sold they're sold I, she's really smart to do that but yeah so if you want to read it with her you got to make sure you got your little notification alarm on cool really cool um yeah I I love I always love to know like who people have on their team as they're learning to evolve um and then we just have a few minutes left so where I feel like you are incredibly generous with the information you give through your Instagram through your website and through your email so can you tell us where we can find you? Because I think there's a wealth of information there and obviously to seek your services, expand on everything, but certainly even to begin, that's a, you really give a lot of great information. So where can we find you? Oh, yeah, so you can find me on, on Instagram uh, at orawarenyc. Um, you can also, you can sign up, like you mentioned earlier, you can sign up in the bio of my um, Instagram for my newsletter. And when you do sign up, you actually get a copy of our ebook um, on how to style your aura. And it just kind of has some fun, basic information, one-on-one stuff on um, using color to kind of be intentional. And you can find me at orawarenyc.com. And yeah, our newsletters, we try to do them out to two times a week. I, one of the things, and we, all of our posts each month, we have a, we have a focus of an intention with a color for now. And each month we're, we're sharing quite a bit of information on each of those posts. We have a blog. We post on uh, one to two times a week on our Instagram where you can find more information. And um, one of the things as a business owner that I, I'm a terrible writer, terrible, but I love, sh- I know, you, you would be surprised. I think so one of the good. first, well, a lot of it is, a lot of it is me talking and then I have a copywriter who like produces the stuff. So she really takes my concepts and like puts them on a bigger level and makes it a little bit more accessible. Plus part of it was I did that out of a place of honestly kind of insecurity. Let's be honest. Like I, I always was very triggered over my writing. I was dyslexic and, and um, had ADHD growing up, have it. And so it was something that was always just like a very vulnerable point of me because my family is very academic and my dad is a professor. My brothers all learned how to read at like four years old and like they're all brainiacs. And while I have my own intellect in different ways, like writing was not my forte. It always made me nervous. So it might even be a little bit of a block still, but one of the first things that I knew I wanted in my business within the first two years was to be able to hire someone to come on that I could delegate some of those tasks. And um, I'm so grateful because as of right now, we have two different writers that work with us, um, just on and off uh, contracts, on different contracts. And they help us really kind of um, make sure the message is getting out there because right now I am currently in like four sessions a day. <laughs> it's a little insane. Um, so I don't have time to do all of that. So but 
we really want to make sure that information is getting out as much as possible to be able to share our message and for those to really uh, find the help and um, find the needs that they need through the work. You're amazing. I love oh, it. Your Instagram you account is just like eye candy. I'm just, it's like my eye just loves to rest on your grid. Oh, oh that makes me so happy. I know it's uh, definitely a little bit of a labor of love over the years and I love, we're going in such a new direction with it, with the quotes and the um, different things. We really wanted to make sure that posts are shareable so you can like feel empowered from a post and share that with your friends. Um, so that, yeah, so that's why we have all those fun little buzzy words. And sexting is good for your aura, in case you haven't seen that post. <laughs> okay, I saw it. I did it with my husband. I try to keep it. Keeping it real, girl. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I say funny stuff like I want to wear your teeth like a necklace well that is that is creepy but cool I like it <laughs> Listen, <what> a... <laughs> thank you so much for your time you're amazing and thank you for coming oh. on we'll have to have you on again to get your backstory and all your design inspiration we didn't even get to touch on that but I oh. think this was really really helpful because my audience are people who are um I call them skeptical, but curious, you know, they, they have, they feel the pull, they're interested, they want to know, but they're, they're looking for something to, to connect it where they can feel more comfortable taking that next step. And I think you're a great, 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 great individual who's really working so deep in the spiritual world, but like really creating ways to connect to people who may not feel so comfortable out there. Yeah. Oh, well, that is definitely the mission. Uh, we all, it's our, it's our right to feel good in our bodies and our clothes. And it is a privilege for me to get to do the work with so many individuals. Amazing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Like kind of interesting, different things. And, and to me, it's like, yeah, it should be accessible to everybody. It should be accessible to like all of these different types of people who wouldn't necessarily be able to kind of access spirituality or even understand it because of the way that it's so unapproachable. Like you're like, you're some guru, you're on this high platform, which is just not true. I, and I agree also that like, not everybody who is like the lesson that came through for me was like, you are deeply spiritual, but you're not, your path isn't to be a Reiki practitioner. You know, some yeah. of us are deep, like your friend who's like digital marketing, like from, I'm a yeah. business woman. And I thought when I discovered spirituality, I was like, oh, my way is spirituality, but that didn't work. I'm supposed to be a businesswoman with us, with my own spiritual connection. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's, I don't know. I just think that's going to be so normal in the next few decades. Yeah. Like a spiritual hairdresser who like intuitively cuts your hair and you're like, that's I, great. Dude, I have a friend who does this. Oh. Her, her name is Roxy Darling. She is, uh, well, she does more, she does color, like color healing as well but she's a hair colorist. So she like, it's all through and she does like a lot of sacral, cranial sacral, I don't, I'm saying it wrong, cranial sacral work. But yeah, but she does exactly that. And yeah. she's very, and like she went through. I'm Stephanie Wood, your host. I want to thank you so much for dropping in. My next episode will feature a amazing guest from the world of wellness and woo. And I also want to hear your ideas. The Geode is a guide cast for you. And if you drop a comment below, we'll take your request and do what we can to bring you that content you want to hear. Please subscribe and review and tell your friends. The Geode is available on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, 
Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are available. Again, thank you so much, and I hope that you come back for more of the Geode, because wellness rocks, and so do you. And to me, it's like, yeah, it should be accessible to everybody. It should be accessible to like all of these different types of people who wouldn't necessarily be able to kind of access spirituality or even understand it because of the way that it's so unapproachable. Like you're like, you're some guru, you're on this high platform, which is just not true. I, and I agree also that like not everybody who is like the lesson that came through for me was like you are deeply spiritual but you're not your path isn't to be a Reiki practitioner you know some yeah. of us are deep like your friend who's like digital marketing like from I'm a yeah. businesswoman, and I thought when I discovered spirituality I was like oh my way is spirituality but that didn't work I'm supposed to be a businesswoman with us with my own spiritual connection yeah, yeah, and I, that's, I don't know, I just think that's going to be so normal in the next few decades. Yeah, like a spiritual hairdresser who like intuitively cuts your hair and you're like, that's I, great. Dude, I have a friend who does this. Oh. Her, her name is Roxy Darling. She is, um, well, she does more, she does color, like, color healing as well, but she's a hair colorist. So she like, it's all through and she does like a lot of sacral, cranial, sacral, I'm saying it wrong, cranial sacral work. But yeah, but she does exactly that. Yeah. Very, and like she went through some crazy experiences. Like her dad died of cancer from 9-11. He was a fire, firefighter from 9-11. And then like her mom passed away from cancer. And you know, she's like, she's so deeply connected to the spiritual world because of her circumstances and her experiences, but like holds this massive space for people and like, and like leads them through. Yeah. An intuitive, like hairstyling session it's so cool <laughs> and I think that's yeah and I think that's I feel like people get trapped in like oh I she's like your girlfriend is like oh I'm so deeply spiritual I should be a medium but it's like no now I think there can be ways where you can like interweave like you you know yeah. I feel like you're definitely paving the way for like it's not a one or the other it's just like yeah. a really cool mainstream um but also thank you so much for this oh my gosh my pleasure I'm so excited to connect with you and have some coffee with you on a Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, we're gonna chill and have fun. And that's, I think we're some, like, I'm trying to also um, make this world more approachable and basically through me because I'm a bit yeah. of a mess. I'm super funny. Like your gifts are Claire, all the Claire's. My gift is charm and wit. <laughs> Girl, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
So I'm trying to use my gifts as a way to bridge the gap also. We're like, oh, she's a bit of a mess. She's really funny. She's incredibly charming. Certainly if she can be in this space, I can be in there too. And I think a lot of people are looking for permission who don't wear all white and are very zen to come into this space. And so I'm kind of hoping that I'm the person that helps them come in. Um, I love, oh, I just love that you're doing that because you're right, it is. It's very, I jokingly talked to my husband about this. My husband's a chef. And you know how like in the last couple decades with chefs, it's been like, um, they become like rock stars, you know, and now they're like getting in all this trouble for all the bad things, but as they should. However, you know, there was just like this, there's a really bad abuse that happens in that industry. Like it's okay to be angry. It's okay to like be mad and crazy. And like, like that's just a chef industry. You know, but then there was like these rock stars they were put on this pedestal. And I was just saying the other day, I'm like, it's kind of happening in the spiritual world too, where it's like, you're allowed to be this like special angel on a platform and like, you're so holier than thou kind of energy. And I'm like, but that's just not what people want. Like people want, you know, people that are down to earth. And I think that's why Gabby Bernstein and Daniel Laporte and like so many of these spiritual leaders are like really carving out a way for those. Even Tony Robbins, like he's so down to earth and approachable and really is holding space in a really beautiful, natural way. And I do really believe that's the direction we're moving in. Yeah. And like, I'm here to live as a person. Like I don't, I'm not here for enlightenment. You know, I'm here to like have a good time. I'm here for a good time. (laughs) Here for a good time, girl. (laughs) I'm here for a good time. I like the spiritual world. I'm looking for ascension. But at the end of the day, I'm looking to have a good life. And Mm. I think that it's become like, oh, you need to ascend. Like, no, the angels are around us. Like eat the fucking cheese. You can ascend when you're Mm. Oh, I could have said better. Taste, you know, they're like, have the chocolate girl i can't well, come here when you're here you can't taste you're there taste enjoy it dance have fun have sex do it yeah oh yeah that's it that's it it's just live a simple life like extract all the joy from those moments of being present and and that's where like ultimately contentment happens and if you can be in- content that's enlightenment true like if you're content and you're like in the zone and you're happy you're looking at your kids you're like god this is like the best moment of my life right now that's it. That's like that's yeah. how you extract the joy from life. Are we done? That's it. We need to end this. We're done. Book right there. Two pages. It's a Boom. beautiful cover, a beautiful back, and just be content. Period. The world's shortest interview. In, in your in your Barnes in your local Barnes and Nobles. Um, okay. And with that, we'll, um, I love it.